Welcome to No Such Thing as Normal podcast with Natalie Hayes and Jess McKeown. This is a casual podcast where we talk about all the things you're not supposed to talk about in order to help you normalize your real life, because really we're all just a bunch of weirdos having a completely human experience in a society that asks us to pretend like we're not. And I'm your host, Jess, a gifted spirit baby medium who facilitates deep soul healing by channeling divine messages. I'm your other host, Natalie, and I'm a trauma-informed intuitive mindset and manifestation coach. Ooh, be sure to subscribe when you listen to podcasts and where you listen to podcasts. (laughs) Watch our 100% unedited episodes on YouTube. And you can also follow us on IG at no such thing as normal pod for more weirdo and woo woo content. If you like this episode or any of the other ones, please be sure to rate and review and share so that more people can unleash their weird with you. (laughs) I'm still freestyling our intro. I like it. I think it keeps it interesting. <laughs> I was listening to our podcast. Yes, I listened to us. I do too. <laughs> because it's one thing to be in the conversation and it's another thing to then listen and hear the whole thing. And um, I really like our intro music. It's like, bow, 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 and I it's like do cute. this little jig. So it makes me happy. <laughs> well, I am, I am fired up about today. Like, I'm so excited to talk about this. I feel like it's a soapbox. <laughs> so just fair warning. I'm going to, I'm going to get on it. <laughs> Here we go. Oh yes. We are talking about body image and within that also specifically weight, which yeah. is a big part of it. Although I was doing some research on what body image encompasses and it's also, um, it's not just your weight. It's also like maybe your physical appearance, your size, your shape. So it's all of that weight is a part of that. But I think for both of us, it's a big part of our, our yeah. journey. Huge. We want to <laughs> giant, heavy, huge. Heavy, yes. <laughs> husky, husky. Oh, I love that word. Uh, oh big my bone. God. Big, big bone. bone. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. I had I a mean, doctor in high school fat shame me. She like mm. called me overweight or whatever. Cause my BMI was like 24 or some shit like that for my height. And my mom like took me out of the office and she was like, it's just baby fat. You'll grow out of it. And I was like, mom, I'm 16. Like <laughs> God bless mom for being like the ultimate cheerleader. She's like, don't listen to them. Yeah. I, um, I was like totally a skinny kid. And then my parents got divorced and I like, totally, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can look at pictures and it's, I mean, since I was nine, it's, I've been on this, this journey and I was just thinking it's Virgo season. I have a Virgo rising. Mm-hmm. Um, I deny this a long time, but this is part of why I'm here <laughs> is to figure this out. I mean, I know it now for my whole damn family. And mm-hmm. I was like, you guys stuck me with weight. Oh, come <laughs> on. It's so hard. It's like so hard. I feel like I'm like reading a book. I don't understand what's going on. It's in a different language. I feel like I'm like constantly failing. And I pulled some cards and they're like, my last card was the, um, the nine of wands, which is just like, just keep going. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck, I know. I know. And they're like, cause you'll die if you don't, cause it's about your health. And so <laughs> I'm like, well, that's pretty important. And so I, I guess I'm softening into this being on my plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like not something you're going to figure out overnight, but like, this is a lifelong yeah. Like what is figured out overnight? Actually, <laughs> nothing. Some things, a few things, <laughs> most <be>. important things <laughs> take a long time to figure out. Could yeah. Be. They're um, a part of your journey. Yes. So speaking of our journeys, like what's your journey been like with weight and body image? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's actually played a huge role in my journey. I mean, I was, I feel like that's such a thing. It's just such a thing for women. And like, I grew up in Texas and like, it's an even bigger thing (laughs) (laughs) because girls in my high school wore high heels to class. Like, and they, you know, every day did their hair and their makeup and like being thin and being pretty was such a thing in the South. Like Jesus Christ, the makeup we had to do. I was on drill team. And we had to put like layers of makeup on our face and like this lip stain so that they could see how pretty we were from the stands. Like, it's just such, it's literally, it's such a thing. (laughs) Um, So like my relationship with like weight, body image, it's definitely evolved. It's much, much, much better than it used to be. Like, Mm. 
I, you know, there's a lot of socioeconomic factors that go into weight and like privilege and access and all of that. And like my weight definitely it, it enlarged. I enlarged <laughs> when my family went through so much financial stress and turmoil and stuff like that. Like I definitely got bigger because I was like holding on to all of this emotional trauma and stress and my physical body and all of that. Yeah. And it is like a huge thing in my family line, like weight and being pretty. And it's so much in the female part of my family, especially my maternal family line. Um, but yeah, high school, I was overweight, apparently. Thank you to that doctor. And it took a really big toll on my self-esteem. I felt overweight. Mm -hmm. And then it was like a constant struggle, like through college. And I remember when I finally got to college and like was in control of my diet. Um, then I, I ate a slim fast at 11 AM every morning. I drank a slim fast. And then I only got like two meals a day on my student meal plan. And I was broke. So I would like only eat dinner. So I'd have like mm -hmm. a slim fast and dinner. It was like borderline anorexic. Mm -hmm. And, but like I was thin and I was getting a lot of attention mm -hmm. and I started going to the tanning salon. Like I, like a lot went into my body image. I placed like all of my worth on my body image. And I think a lot of that influenced my last marriage as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's been, it's been a trip. It's been a journey. And like this year, I feel like it's also changed after having a miscarriage last year and yeah. facing the reality of being pregnant and my body changing with that. It's just been a lot, a lot's been coming up. What about you? What is your, what is your relationship to your body been like? Ah, um, I think I, I've like always liked my body. I've always thought it was cool and amazing. You know, when I was, and this is again, when I was younger, I would do gymnastics, you know, I was very active. And then I think really around my parents' separation, that's really when, you know, the abandonment issues started and then the weight, right. And just, it was emotional eating for me. Right. Mm -hmm. that's like, that is my thing. And I would like eat when I would come home from school, I would eat when I was sad. I would eat when I was happy. Like, you know, my family ate a lot. We would be eating meals and talking about what we're going to eat at the next meal. Like, mm -hmm. so it was just like food was like my comfort. And so that's really how it kind of like came on to me. And, you know, I just remember lots of things from my mom about, you know, like sucking your stomach when you're like taking a picture and like, you yeah. know, just always little things about just being on some kind of diet, right? Like with my mom, like lean cuisines and frozen meals, Jenny Craig, uh, the cabbage soup diet. Have you done that one? It's quite horrible. That sounds stinky. Yeah. You it's like cabbage and tomatoes and, you know, broth pretty much. Okay. <laughs> and I think you like eat it for like two meals or like okay. when you're feeling hungry, like just eat this gross ass soup, you fart a ton, you know, um, but you don't have a tapeworm though. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was always like things like that. And then there was, you know, maybe some more positive ones, like, you know, like eat to live and fit for life, but still like everything in my body image and weight is really centered even more deeply around food and like what mm -hmm. food plan am I following? And like when I worked for Vitamix, when I lived in Ohio, um, I became vegan, right. Because mm -hmm. they have a big vegan and vegetarian community. And I was curious about that. And the reason why I did it though, like as much as I love animals, I was like, I'll be skinny. Like this right. is the diet that will right. get the thing. So not true. Animals don't die. Yeah. But like, <laughs> because like Cheetos are vegan yeah. and free, you know, and you start to find like all this like bad food, right? There we go in the quotes again. That's vegan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I have a lot of like good food, bad food labeling as I just did that like very subconsciously. Um, and so it just, it was like, I, where I stand now is like, I don't fucking know what to do. Mm -hmm. Everything I've followed, everything I've tried, you know, here's my nine of wands being like, keep going. I think the thing that interests me the most is the intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, I've, I've played around with that a little bit, but would love to put some more attention to it. But as I did a little bit of research for this episode, what I really found was like, if you have a positive body image, then it makes, you know, the weight and the food and everything else kind of fall under line in that. Like if it was a pyramid, right. It's like, that's the most important thing. It's like love and appreciate yourself, detach your worth from your body image. And then when you feel really good, you will naturally intuitively, instinctively make those choices to support you in an aligned space. And you know, that's very enticing to me. And 
I know I need to figure this out. <laughs> so I'm kind of, and what I do is I kind of like take breaks. Right. And I, I feel really like good about my body. I've done a lot of work on that. I would say that I did not have a good body image. I would say that all this awesome content of, um, women, especially like showing this like fat pride and this fat folks and like in bikinis and like living their best life and like fashion stuff and not trying to like hide the pouch, but just find dresses and clothes and stuff that like looks good and makes you feel good. And I am like, so grateful to that younger generation, that community that is coming out and, and showing themselves because we didn't have those images, right? We had, I had like 17 magazine, Mm -hmm. everybody's like skinny and in a bikini and you have to, it's a very specific look for healthy or body image or weight or whatever. So I'm glad to see that the trends are moving away. And for me, it really, it's always centers around health. I love my body, but I want to take better care of it. You know? Yeah. I think that going along with the lines of intuitive eating, that's why I said yeah. last in the last episode, like, like, it, like health really has nothing to do with food, but it has everything to do with eating, like mm-hmm. everything to do with eating, nothing to do with food. So like, are the foods you're eating, do they make you feel good? Do they not make you feel good? Like, is there conditioning around that? Are you taking the time to prepare your meals with love? And like, yes, this is going to nourish my body. Like food is so it's such a scapegoat for like the diet culture. And like, I'm going to project all of my hate onto this food. There are good foods. There are bad foods. It's a scapegoat when like, yeah. that has nothing to do with food. Like, don't blame the food. It's just there to fuel you. What did it do to you? You know, <laughs> but how are you eating it? Are you heat? Are you eating it and like hating yourself while you're eating it? Then that's what you're absorbing. Yeah. Now you post some cute photos and videos of yourself, like cooking and you seem to enjoy it. Have you always enjoyed like cooking and preparing foods? Because I think that's a big part of it too, right? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like when this is, and maybe I can shift these beliefs, but like taking care of yourself, there's a lot of chopping. (laughs) There's a lot of chopping, like you are chopping peppers and carrot. I mean, there's just like, so like there's that efforting, right. And yes, there's like pre-chop things now. And there's so many easier ways to get that in. But I think that's my association sometimes is like, it takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah. That it's like hard, but like effort, effort doesn't always equate hard, but I feel like we've all been so conditioned to believe that effort equals hard just because you're putting effort towards something doesn't make it difficult. It just means that you're being intentional about it, which I I mean, things are so streamlined now that, yeah, we've gotten lazy. (laughs) I think that's fair to say, like we've gotten lazy (laughs) and taking care of ourselves. And there's just so much distraction out there. There's so much distraction, but get a slap chop. (laughs) Make it easier. One of those like, yeah, just get a slap chop. Be fine. I got one because actually I don't like chopping a bunch of things and it helps a lot with preparation. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, do you feel like your relationship to your body has evolved from like Texas times to where you are now? And especially with your like spiritual awakening, do you feel like that even shifted it more? Definitely. I think a lot of factors have played into where I am now. And like this year, I said like a lot of old stories came back to rear their heads at me this year about like weight and body image, like Hmm. after the miscarriage and like, nobody tells you that you like bloat so Mm -hmm. much. And like, that doesn't go away because like the hormones, it takes a really long time to go away. So like, I wasn't fitting into any of my clothes and I was upset. Like, I don't even have a baby to blame this on. Like, I (laughs) I was so upset. I had to like, buy all new clothes because nobody tells you that your body changes when you turn 30 and that's okay. Like, I feel like I have grown up with this lie that you like stay the same size your whole life or you're supposed to when like, Oh yeah. My hips got bigger. I've been eating the same and now I have to buy new pants. (laughs) Like what is going on? It would have been, it would have been so helpful if that was something mirrored to me or shown to me growing up that like, no, like your body's not supposed to stay the same. We are, we are growing, evolving beings. We're changing all the time. Like yeah. it's totally okay for your body to change. Right. Yeah. And like also taking up space as women is something mm. that, you know, that's a hard thing to wrap your head around. If you've been so conditioned to shrink, be small, suck in your stomach, smaller waistline, smaller, smaller, smaller until you disappear. Yeah. I know. I I think of like when rebel Wilson, like she had her coronavirus pandemic, she like took better care of herself and she Mm -hmm. 
lost a bunch of weight. And I remember seeing all these stories and all they were about was that she had lost weight, like nothing else, like nothing about her acting or anything else that she's doing, or not even about like that. She chose to be healthy. It was like, how did she slim down? Now she's Mm -hmm. a size 12, all that, the size, this, the size that, you know, and Oh, it's just, it's like, it's nauseating. And I think like, I really used to care about all of that. And then through my own spiritual awakening, just realize like, it's not about that, you know, like all it's so much more about taking care of the inside and letting it reflect on the outside and embracing like how you look and, you know, like what you came to this planet with, you know, whatever body shape you're in. And there's people that are in a lot of different body shapes and sizes and noses and hair and everything. And it's just, I feel like the more we can accept ourselves, the more we can accept other people. Absolutely. That's, that's the whole thing of it. The more that you accept yourself, the more that you show up authentically as your true self, the more that it allows other people the space to do the same. And I think, I mean, our conditioning is just a byproduct of this patriarchal society where women were property and you had to be pretty to get a man. And that was your whole worth was like getting married off because women didn't have rights. And like, whether you want to, you know, face it or not, those conditionings are still carrying through. If you're not checking yourself about it, like your worth is not dependent on how attractive you are to the male sex or whatever, like show up authentically, show up as yourself, be bigger. It doesn't matter what size you are. This is all just conditioning that we've absorbed to distract women. And I think the body positivity movement, you know, body inclusivity, all of that is really kind of reclaiming our power and like taking away that distraction. Like I don't need to worry about being attractive to the male species. Like, I have so much more to offer in this life than what you think of me. I remember like reading in this magazine that they're like, over the course of a lifetime, you'll lose like 56 hours from shaving your legs, whatever. Those (laughs) numbers are wrong. But I remember going like, oh my fucking God, like I'm spending this time in the shower, shaving my leg for these men who are supposed to run their hands along them all the way up to my fucking whatever ass right. cheek. Cause now right. I only shave below the knees people. And, and you know, and I was just like, where are all these men who are going to caress these silky smooth legs better fucking shave every fucking day. And then I saw that in there and I was like, for what, what point? And like, you know, so much, um, of our repertoire of getting ready as a women, like men get ready sometimes in like five, 10 minutes. I mean, maybe like longer these days and you know, that's everything's changed again. Right. But like this, that those old impressions of like spending so much time getting ready, you know, and I think this like makeup trend is like a a reclaiming of that as well, because so many women with all the cool makeup that I cannot do, (laughs) (laughs) choose not to do. Um, it's just like, they're like, I do it for myself. I do it because I want to look beautiful and badass. And, you know, I, I, I still have a wavering line around that. That's still some, there's still some, you know, I'd love to like dig into that deeper, but I think overall it's like, we can, we can look pretty for ourselves. We can dress up and do makeup and hair and everything for ourselves. I think because also we have a much safer society. I mean, we used to get blamed for being raped because of what we wore. That's no longer acceptable now. I mean, hopefully still do, but. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she was, she was asking for it. Good Lord. Right. Right. So now we, we have this freedom because we have this more awoken society, um, the safer, not totally safe, but safer society that we can walk around in our cute little dresses and whatever, and be like, don't look and don't touch. (laughs) I had this realization. I had this realization this year that like, it goes along with body hair because like I was thinking about, okay, being pregnant, like I'm not going to be able to shave everything, nor am I going to want to. So like, let's just get used to having body hair. And it brought up all of these issues. Like, well, what does this mean for me having body hair out in public? Like my legs aren't going to be shaved and are people going to see them and judge me for it? Whatever. And honestly, like it really boiled down to the sexualization of children. We are supposed to be hairless. Yeah. We are supposed to be small yeah. And like, when are we hairless and small? Oh, when we are children. Yeah. And I really yeah. think like the sexualization of especially female children played such a role in the conditioning around our body image and our weight, like yes. subconsciously the layers under the layers of the undertones are pedophilic. <laughs> yes. Right. They want to keep us keep trying to be as young, as young, as young, as young as possible. Right. We're 
just like, it's so valued. Um, yeah, that is so gross now that I think about that. And I totally, totally see that. Um, and I stopped shaving my armpits in the pandemic and I tell mm-hmm. you, I quite love it. Mm-hmm. And I have a couple of people that I follow too, that just say, they go PSA women have leg hair. We are <laughs> used like, to it. Oh my God. And I think for me, it's just, you know, I have, I also went long time in the pandemic, not shaving it. Cause I was just like, what's the point, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize like, what's the point anyway? Why, well, why was I shaving it? Why was I shaving it? You know, like when you have hair, Hey, it protects things, you know, it's not there for no reason. <laughs> Oh, my favorite thing. Cause like I would used to get, I used to get everything waxed and ripped mm-hmm. off and all this horrible thing. And my esthetician used to be like, now you're so clean. Now you're oh, so smooth. Now you're so clean thing. and fresh. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I need to be clean and smooth and fresh like a baby, like right? a baby. It's pedophilic. It is. I really think that's what it boils down to is like the sexualization of women as children and like women are less than, and we only like them when they're young. Like that's in so many song lyrics, like being 17 and being 15, like it's like, that is not my life goal. Like this year really for me has been stepping into enjoying my body as a woman. Like, what does it mean to actually be a woman? I'm not trying to be 12, 14. Like I'm trying to be 30. Too, because that's what I am. And I <laughs> I like you're like 30, 32 next year. Two. <laughs> 31. <That's, laughs> I was like, I don't think she's 32. <laughs> you're like going up. Um, well, and I, I also see this, like some of the trans accounts that I follow, right? So they're wearing um, a dress, right? And then they have hairy legs and people are like, well, just shave your legs and then you'll look like a woman. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that either. I just want to, yeah. Right. And so you see that that is even applied to people who are trying to be a woman or whatever the perspective is that that person thinks, right. And they're like, here's a helpful tip to be a woman, you right. know, look like a woman is, um, there's lots of air quotes going on by lots the way is <laughs> like, because it's like, yeah, shave your legs and look and have the, even so, you know, it doesn't matter if, even if you are a woman, these are being applied throughout our society, because, you know, if, there's, you know, things for what women should do. There's definitely things for what men should do. So I know it's equally, I can't speak to the male part of it, but I know that there's a lot around weight and stuff for men too. And like being buff and whatever. Yeah. Or like if you have long hair as a man, then you're like a girl. Like I see a lot of parents and their, their kids have like long hair and they're like worried. And I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like it's okay. You know, like, ugh. I know, I know. Okay. What, what generational <laughs> trauma, like what has shown mm. up in your family line as far as like weight and body image that you feel like you are healing? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> My first instinct was all of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think like, well, I was actually thinking about this too. So like my, um, my mom, like she had her dad's build, which was like a stockier build. So she and her brother had the stockier build. Her sisters had my grandmother's build, which is just kind of like quote unquote, naturally thin. Right. Right. Um, and so like my Australian side, my mom's side of the family is like obsessed with weight. They always talk about it. Uh, my aunt even said, she said, I wish we could just put all the fat people in an Island and just let them go there and be fat. Oh, and I was like, and do what with it? Right. Like, and just like, and like, you know, essentially like she wanted to like put them all on a, a diet. Like she yeah. just thinks that like, Oh, if they just knew how to diet or whatever. Um, and so I've had to correct her many a times that it's mm. not just about what you eat, although it's a big part of it. Um, so I think a lot of it too, is not passing this down onto my children. Right. Mm-hmm. And really kind of doing the work of realizing that we have these things passed down to us and these things about food and eating and all that kind of stuff that I just don't want to pass down to my, my kids. Um, and that's really about, you know, like food is nourishing. Um, it's lovely to make your own food. You know, I want to be connected to the food. I want to understand where it comes from. You know, I want it to, to be seen in its whole entire ecosystem, um, because both my grandparents were farmers. So they did Mm -hmm. have a connection. So I want to bring that through. I, you know, it's not always bad stuff that you bring down generationally, you know, it's, there's some good stuff there too. So I want to keep that, but I want to limit the obsession around the weight part of it. 
mm-hmm. right? I want to limit um, that, you know, healthy and you have to look a certain way and you have to do a certain thing. So there's a lot just around image um, and what that means. Mm-hmm. And probably like breaking out of like what I would say is like, a certain way of eating like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or this, that, mm. and the other, this is what we have for this. This is what we have. Cause as I've been studying other cultures, like, you know, they eat totally different things in the morning for breakfast. And like, my mom is like, you either have like porridge or like eggs and toast, you know? And she mm-hmm. was talking about when she was in Israel and she was traveling and she had a very different br- breakfast. And I was like, oh my God, like I can't name five other things to have for breakfast. Like I'm so ingrained and like, this is what I have for breakfast. And so I want to break away from those, even those cereals for breakfast. And this is for lunch and that's for dinner. You know, she grew up like uh, meat and three veg, right? Like mm-hmm. meat and potatoes and whatever. And so just breaking away from that and really finding a more, I don't know, harmonious way of eating. It's a lot around food for my family. Yeah. Yeah. That's so what interesting. about you? Um, it's a lot about body image and like how you show up in the world. I think for, for us, for weight, like as far back as I can remember, I could tell you how much, how much my mom weighed on her wedding day, how much my grandma weighed on her wedding day. I was told these things as like a, like a, like a pinnacle of success. Well, this is how much I weighed on my wedding day. I was like, well, I don't know, 30 pounds more on mine. And I starved myself to get there. So like. It just was, it's always been such a thing. And I know my grandmother was a dancer in the fifties. She was on like Bob Hope show and she had like a 24 inch waist and oh, like it was such like a part of her identity Mm. being like thin and, and like showing up as that person, as that thin person. And then my mom coming through and not necessarily measuring up, like she was always small and Mm. then grew obviously as we all do as she got older and like, I don't know if she's ever come to a place of acceptance about weight, but I know that my older brother who's since passed and myself definitely absorbed a lot of that shame around weight. And it played into our self-esteem and our self-worth because there's so much of our identity tied into this physical form. Like, you know, my identity is so much more than, than this, this meat suit. So I like to refer to it as a meat suit. It's a reality check. (laughs) It's just a meat suit. We get to decorate it and it's fun. Like it's not not my entire being. I always get Hannibal Lecter images when you say that though, Natalie, like, I'm just like imagining that like Natalie is putting on her meat suit for today. (laughs) Jenna zips it up in the back. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's true. It's true. I think, you know, detaching the importance of looks and stuff, you know, I think I remember I was like, I'm never going to be Giselle Boopton or whatever, you know, that famous supermodel. I was like, I'm just not, I'm not that tall. I'm not German. I know like (laughs) I'm just not built that way. And that was like the beginning of the, of the acceptance of like, I am built this way and I do want to love it. And, you know, I do have my ancestors in my body. So you know, let's embrace it, you know, but I often think about next following lives. And I think, look, I wonder what body I'll choose next, next time. And, you know, I think that's a big thing when, especially with the spirit babies, you know, they might want to experience life in a different type of body, you know, just yeah. for so many reasons, you know, I think, yeah. And that's why it's so important right now to like, stop dieting, stop mm-hmm. trying to fix what's not broken about you. Like, isn't it so much easier to just accept and love yourself rather than fighting it every day? Like that's exhausting. That's exhausting. Yeah. But sometimes that's all, you know, you know, know. like until you know how to love yourself just as fiercely. Right. It is definitely something mirrored to you, but like here, what, okay. Think about it. Like if it's not, if it's been conditioned, if it's part of your conditioning, to fight your body tooth and nail every day, every meal. Like, what if you stopped? Does yeah. that feel better? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it just takes so much pressure off. Like it's not about your body. This life is not about your body. <laughs> I love that so much. It's really not. I mean, no. and, and to your point, like that's why we get to decorate it and have fun with it and use our senses. And, you know, um, do you feel like you've, you've healed your relationship with your body and even with food? I you think, sound pretty good. You sound pretty healed. <laughs> I do. Like I still have moments where like I fall back into that um 
pattern of like, well, what if I just, what if I just saw like how many calories I was eating today? Cause I have that, my fitness pal app, which is how I dropped. I starved myself for like nine months and I dropped so much weight. And, and then I have to like choose consciously choose like, no, like this is not the behavior that I want to continue. I enjoy food. I enjoy the experience of eating. I want to keep enjoying it. I don't want to keep restricting myself for what to be attractive to who like that. I'm married. I don't need to be attractive to anybody else. I don't want to be. I'm like, I, I love myself. I love this body. <laughs> no, I'm just laughing because I think the same, I said the exact same thing. And I was like, well, it's not technically like right. I don't need to be attractive, but I would say that maybe if we were single, that might still be a greater emphasis in our life because, you know, it was just like, you know, you want to look a certain way to get a partner. But I would say like, if I was to take my version of myself now and put you know, singleness in it, it'd be like, I am who I fucking am. This is what I look like. Love me as I am. You know, like before yeah. single, I was like, how do I mold myself to be to fit you. what you want? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I listened to all this like emo English music that my husband like liked. And I finally like confessed. I was like, I just listened to that. Cause you liked it. <laughs> Like, I was like, I was just trying to like, make you like me more. Uh-huh. Like, I just wanted to be like, look, I like also this music, which I so didn't pick me, pick me. And yeah. we would go to like these clubs in San Francisco and dance. Like, you know, if you ever go to like those emo clubs, they, it's kind of weird dance experience <laughs> and they just kind of flail and move and not really dancing kind of bob. And, um, I did a lot of that, you know, I did a lot of, um, not being true to myself. I think that's a lot of it too, right? It's like being a huge part of it, true and honest with yourself. Yeah. Um, I sometimes will like do a lot of body love because mm-hmm. I put on lotion. I will like talk to myself and do positive talk, mirror talk. Sometimes I'll get that from my guides, like do some positive talk, do some mirror yeah. talk. Um, I've also been like, <laughs> I've been pretty funny with my guys lately. I've just been like, I don't it's, it's, uh, it's too hard. There's meh. And they're just like, Oh my God, Jessica, like be creative with your breakfast today. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I made this yogurt parfait. I'll send you a picture. It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but I cut up these bananas and I put these raspberries and then like alternating blueberries. I sprinkled coconut, uh-huh. I sprinkled granola is an art piece. And and I was like, they're like, see how, don't, how, don't you feel so good now? And so excited to like eat this. And are you in such a joyous space? And I was like, you're right. Which I say to them all the time. <laughs> Dang it. If they aren't always right. Um, and like, so humble about it, but yeah, it was just like, it was so fun. So for me, it's like, it's making it like a joyous and like intentional. Like I have to really be intentional about it. I'm not quite at that place yet where people just like fucking love themselves unconditionally, but I know a couple of people and I admire them. And I am like shooting for the stars to be like that. Because I think when I see people like that, like nothing bothers them. And mm-hmm. you can, I can tell when somebody's fronting and when they truly believe it. So I follow yeah. the accounts who truly believe it. And I'm like, damn, her ass is just hanging out and she does not care. And actually she's celebrating it. And how can I get like that? That yeah. was kind of my initial start was like, how can I get that? How can I find that? And I'm still, I'm on my own journey. It's not going to be like theirs, but that just seeing other people show the example of living their best life, however they wanted to, um, in all their glory was like my motivation to do the same. Yeah. Same. I also noticed like, you know, the TV shows we watch, everybody's thin. So like diversifying the the shows that I'm watching really helped because I'm absorbing that, that programming. And yeah. then I love the shit out of Pinterest. I'm like a highly visual person and I love Ooh. Pinterest. I do it to just like I, to numb. <laughs> I do it to numb, but sometimes that's necessary. Um, and I will not like repin or stare at content with like white, thin women. Because like, mm-hmm. I'm so sick of seeing that the more that I see it, the more that I repin it, the more I perpetuate it in my reality. Mm-hmm. So I'm like intentionally making the decision to, to consume different content, to, to see different body types and different ways of living and stuff. And I think that's actually really helped my body, like dispel the lies it's been told about perfection and what you're supposed to look like. So that's really helped like diversify, diversify your feed. I feel like yes. if thin people piss you off, unfollow them, start following bigger people. It will give you a, big, a bigger perspective. 
Yeah, it's true. Virgo season is actually a really great time to do that social media cleanse, right? Yeah. Whether you take a break yourself or you go through and you're just like, who are these people? I was Why probably I watching a reel them? and accidentally yeah. followed them. <laughs> Just tapping away, but it is because it, it does, it's, it's what you surround yourself with. And that contributes a lot to it. I mean, again, when I was doing my research, AKA mm-hmm. Google searches, mm-hmm. um, I should just call it my Google searches, but yes. about this, about body image. I mean, that was a big part of it was surround yourself with people who have positive images and then also like check the media. Cause that's a big, you know, form of information that we get about our lives. They love to tell us how we should look. Oh, they love it subliminally and blatantly. (laughs) Yeah. Like we should wear deodorant so we don't sweat. So we don't like raise our hands and get the pit stains and, you know, like how sweating is normal. It's a bodily function. (laughs) I know you can't see mine. Yeah. And it's like, ew, that's gross. So that's disgusting. It's like, why? It's a detox pathway. You've been sneezing gross. I mean, kind of, I guess, but It's not gross. If it's happening, it's happening for a reason. Yeah. Your body's like, get this shit out of my nose. Um, (laughs) So I think like, again, we're just, we are in the tower moment of our times and we are just tearing down all this shit that doesn't serve us so that we can, and especially the younger generations can come in and just hit the ground running with like being free of who they are, you know, and just be, oh, imagine that, right. A whole world of people just being true to who they are. Oh. Oh, that's what I want. That's why that's I'm here. Dream. Exactly. That's a dream. That's, that's also why I'm here is because I believe in that vision and I want to raise children that also are, you know, freely themselves. Like Jen and I were just talking about this the other day. Cause we have a niece, you know, and she's coming of age. She's, she's carrying a purse now and it's just, she's getting so old and it's she's getting a purse. Like she, she's carrying a purse now. Like she's at the age she? she's turning 11 today. Uh, oh Yeah. Okay. And I don't know if like, it's going to upset anybody that I tell this story, but it, okay. it's something that happened at her birthday lunch. Like she is really into crop tops. Right. Okay. And she's 11 and yeah. I have to check my conditioning. I saw her in the crop top and I was like, Oh my God, she's wearing a crop top. And then I had to look inside and be like, well, what is the conditioning I absorbed around crop tops at her age? Yeah. Right. That like, Oh, you're showing your stomach. Oh, it might be sending the wrong message. Yes. Right. Yeah. I have to check my conditioning around that. And like her mom, my wife's sister is so like in tune with a a body positive image for her that she's like, yeah, wear the crop top. And like, you do not have to mitigate a boy's perception of you. Yeah. And like Jen and I were talking about how like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't as a female growing up in this world, because like you're taught don't show too much skin. It's too sexy. Don't like, I couldn't wear dark nail polish. I couldn't wear makeup until like eighth grade or some shit like that. Like it was things that were sex. They were too sexy for me to do so that I didn't get, I didn't attract the wrong kind of attention from boys. Right. But things my brothers weren't taught, but it's like, yeah, you're told all of these things. Don't be too sexy. Don't wear anything too short, but then that's all that they make. Yeah. Look at the trends. Yeah. Crop tops, short mini skirts, like what it's just sending mixed signals. And I can't like, it's so confusing. I'm glad I have the awareness that I do now because like growing up in that, you're just like, you're steeped in it. You're damned. Okay. But I, I'm like, so feeling this right now because I also have seen some things and have immediately made judgments. For example, I have seen these cute babies and they have like deep V-necks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why does this a baby need a deep V-neck on this romper? It was so weird. That's because we're looking at it through a sexual lens because that's what we've been taught. Because I mean, all clothes on women are to highlight or enhance or hide or something like it's, it's never. And that's why I love like this new trend with like Billie Eilish and all these like younger singers who are in like baggy, baggy shirts and sweaters and everything, because it's like, you know, and I think Billie Eilish said that in an interview, she's like, I'm just kind of hiding my body because I don't want it to be about my body. I want it to be about my song and my voice. And like, and then the minute she wears a tank top or something revealing, everybody's like, Oh, Billie Eilish. That's all it's about. That's all it's it's about. She's like, see, this is why I wore the baggy thing, you know? And I think that's why we can even like do that physically with weight, right. To hide certain things and avoid attention and call things on. I mean, that's why people who have weight on them and have certain body images, it's not always just about, like you said, the food or anything like that. It's about what are we holding on to emotionally, spiritually, mentally from past lives, 
Like a lot mm-hmm. of people, I'm like, you were starved in a past life, you know? So you just love to eat right now. So if you can find that regulation that you'll always have enough food, mm-hmm. you might not overeat, you know, cause some people don't understand like, why am I like this way? You know, sometimes we can make a point in connection, but I would say, check, I would say, check your past lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, what are your, look at your fears around food. Look at your fears around weight. And that's your conditioning, but not necessarily just from this life. It could also be from a past life. Yeah. Or like, especially like body image, right. Especially, I mean, so many women. And even when I talk to the ancestors, they say the same thing. They're like, Oh, you guys have so much more freedom than we do. Mm-hmm. Like we used to wear corsets and shit. Come Ugh. on. Oh, Oh, that's so upsetting. I would have been so sweaty. I would like be like the inventor of sweatpants back in the day. Like you guys, here's this thing. Revolutionary. You got to try them out. Revolutionary. <laughs> oh, I mean, if I could be a time traveler, I would so go back to that era and bring sweatpants to those ladies. I agree. Right. That would and, be a good and novel. Rights. <laughs> And basic human rights. And sweat, I brought sweatpants and your basic human rights. Here you go. Change the world. <laughs> and do it comfortably, please. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, okay. So like the other, I, I feel like we can't not talk about it. Yes. The other side of the coin with weight and body image is exercise. Yeah. And you put in the docs, we have a shared docs. You said, what's your relationship to exercise? And my trigger was added slash movement because the word exercise is such a trigger word for me that I have replaced it with movement because Mm -hmm. if I feel like I have to exercise, it puts me into this, you know, and it's restriction to lose weight. It's never for fun. It's never for it's exercise has never been like, go sweat, go enjoy it. Feel accomplished, you know, like run 10 miles or whatever people do <laughs> when they make exercise goals. See, I clearly don't. Um, but I had to switch it to movement because I just wouldn't do exercise and I hate exercise, but I love movement. You hate the, like the rules around it and the expectations. Yeah, I, I hate that you have and... to do it, right? Yeah. You have to exercise. The only way the other side of that coin, like you said, is exercise. So, um, yeah. And I, the first time I lost a lot of weight, I was doing kickboxing Mm. and, um, I would imagine my boss's face (laughs) as I was punching, because I was having a very difficult time in that work situation, but, um, it made me feel so empowered and I loved it. It was a great community. And so like, I really enjoyed that. And I do enjoy certain exercises, but like, I'd much rather like ride a bike than do a spin class. Yeah. You know, I'd much rather go for a walk than walk on a treadmill. Um, I don't know. What about you? You seem to like, you work out. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> you exercise. What are you talking to me about exercise? What I, is your relationship with it? At first it was toxic. Mm. At, at first it was about being thin and maintaining the, like the calorie deficit. Oh, that's like the magic pill to, <laughs> to being thin. It's being in a calorie deficit. So at first it was like that, but I I'm still grateful that I went through that, like retraining to get in the habit of exercising because now that it's a habit, it just like, it's just something that I do. I naturally, like I work, I work out like five to six times a week and it's for like 20 minutes in the morning. It's not a lot. And like, I've just had to allow my goals to be fluid with, with movement and exercise. I've just had to allow them to say, like, check in with myself every day. Be like, does this sound fun to me today? Is it, Mm. how can I make this more fun? What, what do I want? Like, I've stopped putting so much pressure this year on, like, I stopped trying to lose weight. I stopped trying to be thin. So if I'm going to continue engaging with movement and exercise, like my relationship Mm. with it had to change. Like I make sure that I enjoy what I'm doing. And I also want to be strong. Like I, you know, my job working in the air is so physical, Yeah. like pushing, pulling, lifting. And like, I I do just want to be strong. I I didn't see that growing up, you know, like there was no relationship with exercise for my parents. And I don't want, that's something that I want to carry forward. I want to be able to be active with my children and climb the stairs without getting winded. I love that. And even, even for me, weights, doing weights was, Mm -hmm. well, uh, muscle burns more fat, you know, like, right. was like that was, how, that was my introduction to weights. And yeah. I actually remember in college, I would sit on the bike in the gym and like read a tech, try to read a textbook. It's very difficult. I felt it's like to read so a textbook, but I would like 
be reading that and working out. Right. So it was just like this constant, like go, go, go. And it was like, it felt, it never felt fun to me. It always felt like a punishment and it was yeah. like, I have to have do, to do so. it. And I think when I took my yoga teacher training, that really shifted into just, well, what kind of practice do I want to do today? And what kind of poses do I want to set up for myself to check in with my body and, oh, my shoulders. Okay. Let's do some shoulder openers or my hips hurt. Okay. Let's do some pigeon pose. Right. So it, it actually allowed me to like customize. That was the first level of customizing my wellness journey was like taking care of my body through yoga. And I think a lot of people, you know, like yoga cracks people open because of that, because you get so in touch with your body and it's not always about go, go, go. I mean, that's definitely crept into the yoga industry in America for sure, Yeah, but it's not everywhere. And it was one of the first places where people told me to listen to my body, to slow down, to stop. What? Yeah. If something was hurting to stop, that was like such a revolution for me to be like, Oh, you don't push through the pain. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I, I think what I do now a lot is like smaller little bits of movement. Like I'll put on two songs and dance, or I'll, I'll do things that don't feel like exercise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll do like dancing or things or kickboxing or things like that, that are, are fun and engaging for me. And then a byproduct is that, you know, my heart rate goes up or I sweat or I do things, but I don't, I haven't really like set goals, but I am doing the, um, Camino de Santiago trail, Mm-hmm. The, 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 it's going to be eight days, nine days, um, walking in Spain with my mom and mm-hmm. so, and her two friends. And so I am starting to train mm-hmm. and I've never like trained for anything because <laughs> your girl doesn't like run or do stuff like that. But I mean, this is like a nine days of walking sometimes six, seven miles a day, sometimes 12, 14 miles a day. And like, I know being so sedentary in quarantine and pandemic life that I need to train, but I'm actually seeing this as an opportunity to like get my body in gear and ready for this in the most loving and healthy way. And it's funny. Cause I got a text from my mom this morning that was like, don't forget to walk every day. And I was like, fuck you stop doing that <laughs> because that's that old pressure of like, got to train, got to walk, whatever. So yeah. I gotta, like tell my mom, like, Hey, tone it down, (laughs) you know, like I've got it. Um, but it's, I'm excited to use that as an opportunity to kind of like have me think about movement and training and, and what is that, you know, when you're doing something for a physical goal, right. For your body, like to be able to hike a mountain or do stuff like that, you know, cause I feel, Oh, right now, Mm-hmm. be totally honest. Like I have not been feeling like healthy and well, um, in my body in a while. And I want that back, you know? Yeah. Virgo season is a great time to start that. It is. It <laughs> is. And I think to your point, like to run around with the kids, to not be winded when you go up the stairs, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, when I watch like the amazing race, I mean, I don't want to do that level of shit, but like, yeah, I would like to be a bit more nimble and, you know, active and be able to like, you know, I think what I realized was like, I don't feel like I can do it. So I don't do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so versus like, I want to get in a place where it's like, I'll go try that. I'll go do that. I'll go experience that because the weight, the body image, everything can hold that back. I think for me. Yeah. Yeah, it can. I think it's really important to set a realistic goal for yourself. And I'm not talking about like a weight goal. Like how do you want to feel knowing that there is no finish line for you to cross? like what's going to get you there every day. Not like I want to weigh 120 pounds and like, everything's going to be perfect. Like that's not, I'm talking about like, I want to come up the stairs and not be winded. I want to be able to play with my kids in the park and not be winded or not have to sit down. Like I just want my overall quality of life to be better and my body to be more well-equipped to handle that. So like, what can I do daily? That's going to add to that goal because you're constantly meeting that goal. You know, it's not, I feel like we think of exercise and movement in such finality, such terms of like, when I hit this, when I hit this, my PR, when I hit my PR, then everything will be gravy. But like, it's not like I had to totally shift my mindset about movement to be like, this is a lifelong relationship that I'm building with myself. Yeah. So I'm going to do it every day and really put this effort towards taking care of myself in this way. Now, do you do it by yourself? Is it your alone time as well? 
it is my alone time. Like I said, I think I mentioned in the last episode, like Jenna's Saturn is in her sixth house of like health, wellness, and daily routines. And she grew up an athlete. Oh, so yeah. she has her own issues with exercise and body and physical well-being that she's working through. But for me, like my Venus is there. So like it is like a really self-care thing for me. I feel like you seem to enjoy it. I do. I really yeah. do. I feel like I'm like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> And um, I'm glad that you, I'm around people that like enjoy it. Cause I want to enjoy it. I can, I see proof of people having fun, chopping vegetables, making shit for their day and their week and whatever. And I'm like, I know it's possible. So I'm not giving up hope, but I almost have several times. <laughs> you just have to like retrain your brain to think like, this is a daily thing that I'm building on. I'm like, do one small thing for yourself every day, commit to doing it. It's going to like repair that relationship for you to start showing up for yourself. You have to make it a habit. Yeah, it's true. It's like, you have to just do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to love yourself enough to be like, I'm worth it. What does your T horoscope say? <laughs> it says friendship is a sheltering tree. <laughs> I love I those love things. That. I know. I love them so much. <laughs> Okay. Um, have you ever called in your guides, your spiritual team, um, your intuition on your weight loss body image, weight loss? See, look at that. Oh, that's a phrase. Weight loss journey. It's such a a phrase. Sorry. Er, Erase Um, (laughs) on your weight body image journey. See, I can do that. (laughs) Um, yeah, I think so. I honestly just like to check in with myself. Um, and see like how I'm feeling. I know like right before my period, I don't feel like going hard in the paint, doing any hit or cardio and kind of like giving myself that permission slip to be like, I I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm just yeah. doing this to be active, to enjoy my body, to keep it whatever fit ish. <laughs> so like intuitively checking in with myself and not feeling guilty and not punishing myself because I know that I'm not like losing anything. If I have a rest day, like I'm going to get back to it. It's a habit I've created. I just need a break and that's okay. So like really giving myself permission to do what feels good for me in that moment. Yeah. And I, um, when I do that, I still have like the negative talk. Right. So like for me, my period, I was like, you know what, today it's going to be restorative yoga. And they're like, well, you could also do this kind of yoga on your period and you could do this. And what about that? And And I'm just like, okay, quiet, everybody. Um, We're just going to do this today. And so I still have a lot of like, you should be doing this. It should look like this. Yeah. I love that going hard in the pain. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. it should be like that every single day. And I've had to work on that adjustment. I've had to work on those voices, just be like, this is what I want today. And it's like, what I've learned is like, if I can't accept that truth, I can't accept all the other truths after that. Like, and I've been learning that so hard with my body. They're like, you have to learn how to listen and you have to accept and truly, truly honor when we're telling you body is telling me today's not the day today we're going to do this and not be like, Oh, okay, fine body. But I really want to be doing this. No, to be like, Oh, okay. Gotcha body. Thanks for the heads up. Thanks for the tips. Going to listen to that and, you know, do this restorative practice today and really honor it and not wanting to be elsewhere. That's really Mm -hmm. what it is for me. Not wanting to looking elsewhere, doing, just being really in that present moment with accepting that this is what I need today and letting that be okay. That it's a slower movement or no movement. Um, just like I had to get over, like not having a vegetable every day. Yeah. I think it takes so much pressure off when you decide to stop trying to lose weight. Like it just, honestly, like I started, I picked up jogging again last week and I have to really check myself. Like, am I jogging today? Because, oh, cardio, cardio is more cardio makes you lose weight. No, that's actually not the goal. I'm only going to jog if it feels good for me to do, because I'm not trying to lose weight. Like I have to constantly remind myself to not get back into that old pattern, old habit of like working out to lose weight. Like I'm not fucking trying to, I'm done trying to lose weight. I'm done. It's a, it's a struggle that I do not want to sign up for. (laughs) Oh no, we've lost another one. (laughs) No. Some Uh, slim fast manufacturer is crying. Unsubscribe. (laughs) Oh my God. So funny. It's true though. It's true. It's like, it's that commitment to self. Right. And I think that's, and and it's like you said, it's daily, right. It's Mm -hmm. loving on yourself daily. It's spending that time with ourselves daily. It's buttering ourselves up. 
Yeah. Being intentional, just about everything. Am I going to enjoy this meal? Yes. Am I going to eat this pizza and love myself for it? Yes. Like you have to decide. You have to decide. I eat pizza every week. (laughs) So do I. The pizza came in for me like middle school, blotting the pizza with your napkin because there's so much oil. 200 calories off if you blot your pizza. Blot your pizza. And then there'd be like little pieces of napkin on your pepperoni, but you didn't care because you were saving 200 calories. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. There's so much. There's so much. Like, I feel like everywhere I look, I'm like, so it's, um, that's why it's, I feel like it's a more of an effort and that's okay. I'm here for it. Yeah. (laughs) We're here. We did it. We signed up to be here during this time. To say these things. What is this called? This like, boy. I'm like taking my fist and being like, it's you like, can do it. Like the Rosie, the riveter thing. It right? is. I'm like, yeah. come on girls. Like <laughs> sometimes I, I have to, it takes a little bit of that, you know, you can and, do and so, it. some days it's effortless. That's the other thing is some days it is effortless. Sometimes it's easy. It's fun. Um, I always find too, when I, when I go to like really nice places and I'm taking good care of myself, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to do more of this every day, all the time. When you eat like at a really good restaurant, oh. you're just like, yes. Is there and, a better and I'm feeling? like, why is this food so good? I'm like, because they have the salty and they have the, this, and it's Ugh. all together and it can be nothing, you know, like, and I I've noticed that too, even more and more when I eat things that I think I like, this is another part of my spiritual awakening, which is kind of a, I'm like, this is going to make me feel good. And I'm like, now I know that it doesn't, and I can feel it. And I, yeah. can, I have access to that. I'm like, oh, ice cream. I'm, we have to break up right now. You know, like <laughs> you just don't make me feel good. And it's like, yeah. but we've always been your go-to. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not anymore. And that's, so there's like lots of these realizations that I've now, because I have access to my feelings and my intuitive gifts a lot more when I go to my old standbys, they don't work anymore. And I'm like dealing with that realization of like, oh, so I've got to replace them or find new things. Yeah. Like if you're using food as a crutch, it's not going to feel good. You have no. to, no, you have to like really relish and be intentional with your food and your eating. Yeah. Cause I love food. I love food. Oh, <laughs> that's so much. Okay. How, since you are the spirit movie expert. Yes. Ooh, how like can that. a negative body image affect your spiritual growth or like people trying in to bring in babies? Cause I feel like there's such a rise yes. in fertility issues. Yes. I think it has a lot to do with body. 100, 100. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're afraid of your postpartum body, that's going to provide a negative energetic for your babies um, because your babies are going to be with you. And that's a very spongy time for them. Soaking up lots of info. So they want you to feel the best about your body and um, start to work on those. A lot of what they say to me was like, start to work on these fears. Now start to work on clearing them, start to work on your body image so that when your postpartum body does come, I mean, you still might have some work to do with it, but it won't be like, what stretch marks, what (laughs) leaky boobs, like what, you know, like everything's like not quite settled in my lower half of my body. Like, you know, it's a major thing and God, society downplays birth so much. So, mm-hmm. you know, really check in with your fears about it. You know, like this whole bouncing back after pregnancy and, you know, having stretch marks and having saggy boobs and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, really come to terms with your body is going to change. Um, it does anyways, you get older as you grace, you know, as you gracefully age. So be aware of that. Um, I think also a lot of, uh, when you have miscarriages, when you have loss, you, you feel like your body's failed you. You don't trust Mm -hmm. your body. You don't have a positive body image as maybe around that area, especially. So, um, a lot of love and tender and care on how amazing your body is, um, what it can do, what it did hold for however long it did hold the baby. Right. So those kinds of things, because it's the same coin, just what side are you focusing on? So just really Mm -hmm. thinking about what your body can do. I see a lot of that. Um, and then I just, I also see a lot of just like, how will it feel in my body? You know, like, how will I, how can I know and trust my body with the intuitive hits and things that I'm getting? And that's developing that intuitive relationship with yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And with, that's why it's so important to have that intuitive connection, because then you can use that for spirit babies or for anything else in your life. Um, but to know and trust that what you're getting, you know, and that gut feeling or whatever is a gut feeling and not like your latte, (laughs) like bubbling, (laughs) bubbling away. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not food or some kind of, you know, uncomfortableness. Um, it's you're, you're really tapped into what you're feeling. Yeah. 
What about on like spiritual growth? Intuition is important for this, right? I think it's hugely important. Really. Mindset. Yeah. Mindset, like being intentional, being consciously intentional, you know, like you are attracting everything to you every second of the day, whether you're conscious of it or not. So I think intuition has so much to do with it. Like you just, you have to like, you have to heal your relationship with your body. Yeah. This is housing your soul in this life. Yes. You've been lied to about what it's supposed to look like. Yes. Society wants to keep you small, especially women and distracted. And they do that through like all of this, like you need to wear makeup and dye your hair as you get old and fit in this size or else you're a total failure. Like, like take yourself out of those lies. So first acknowledge where you've been subscribing to them unsubscribe (laughs) and consciously choose different every day, every decision. Like the more that you become aware of what you've been subscribing to, the more that you can consciously change it by catching yourself when you're adhering to those like old stories. Yeah. And you know what? We all have them. That's yeah. the, that's the normalization of this. We all have been bombarded consciously, subconsciously by our families, right? By our generational traumas, by our where we live. Hello, Texas, right? Hello. All these things have have influenced us, and you know, it's our responsibility as as humans to you know shed, scrub off, exfoliate what doesn't serve us. And you know, like we sometimes we get given things, sometimes we take things on, but as we move through our process and our journey, you know, shedding the negative image of your body is a big one because you're right. It is your home and you want to love it. And when you love your body and you love yourself and you're so proud of that image, like, I feel like you're unstoppable. And I think that's what they don't want from us. They don't want us to be unstoppable and, un- and unbounded by rules and stuff like that. So like, here we come, watch out. I know people who hate themselves are much easier to control. That's right. Cause they can just, you know, be like, you need to take some nair and get that hair off your legs. Right. So that you can once again, be 13 and, and inhale toxic fumes while you do it. Like this shit is gross. It's not great. <laughs> Why did we, I don't know. I just like, I, I wish I could, I have like a book for my former self around this issue, you know, like, Oh, what, what would you go back and tell your former self? I would be like, I would give her a book. Yeah. Like here's, here's all the lies. Watch out for these ones, you know, like <laughs> oh, slim fast. It's a lie. It's a trap. It's a trap. Don't do it. Although it did help me poop. <laughs> there's probably like laxatives in there. Oh my God. It's yeah. There's some, there's stuff in there. Oh, and I mean, I know we're coming to an end, but like, we didn't even like touch on the overblown part of this, which is like eating disorders. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would definitely say that I have experienced eating disorders as I read about eating disorders. I'm like, yep, 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 Yep. yeah, yeah. Me, 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 me. So I think that, and that too shows up with spirit babies because all we want to do with an eating disorder is control. Right. Mm -hmm. And that shows up when you want to control your baby, what time they come, when, whatever. So I find that usually like, um, I have a silver spoon that shows up for my altar when there's food related issues. And I will ask them about that. And usually we'll find some sort of eating disorder. And then usually that is tied to their kids as well. And their kids coming in. Yeah. It's crazy, but it's, it's like, you know, we know that these are big things that want to and need to be healed. So our babies let us know. They do. They really do every day, <laughs> every day they will show up and tell you what you need to learn today. <laughs> they, they, they will. Yeah. Well, on that note, thank you, spirit babies, uh, yes. spirit baby realm for all of your input. Um, let us know. How do you feel about what we talked about today about yeah. the sexualization of children? Yeah. <laughs> do you think that it ties back to pedophilia? Because I do. Um, let us know. DM us, send us an email. Let us know how you feel about your body. If this helped, if this triggered you. Um, and yeah, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we are going into a Q and a from the audience. Oh, sick. I forgot about that. Okay. Yay. <laughs> so we're going to put this on our Instagram and gather some questions. So we've been asking you to ask us questions at the end of each episode, but now we're going to take your questions. And I'm so curious to know what you guys want to know about us. I'm really curious. Um, we're or just put in it, general. Yeah. We're going to put it on the, we're going to put it on the podcast um, stories throughout this next week. 
Q&A, drop a question. I'm going to put it on my personal Instagram. Jess, I think you're going to put it on your personal Instagram too. We're just going to collect all of these questions and then just do a full episode answering them. And I'm really excited. I'm laughing because I can see Natalie's spirit team behind her and they're like jumping up and down and doing like the tiny hand clap. (laughs) Like they're so excited to like channel for you guys as well. And as, as are my guys. So if you have questions just for like spirit guides, the realms, um, let us know too. And we can channel some answers and, you know, you can see Natalie's guides. They're so excited. They can't wait to come through and talk to you. (laughs) If you have questions about aliens, intuition, mother wound, father wound, like anything that we've talked about, any triggers that have come up, um, just ask open forum. We won't call you out. (laughs) It'll all be anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. So like ask the real questions. Yeah. What do you really want to know? What are you struggling with? Can we channel some insight around it? I'm sure whatever is coming up for you to maybe ask us might be something that somebody else needs to hear too. So stoked, so excited. And then look for that on our Instagram and both of our personal Instagrams, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.